1: and central in a lot of these conversations, the Sydney Swans. Their chairman, Andrew Pridham, is with us on Crunch Time. Andrew, great to have you with us. Afternoon. You've got to multitask in footy, Andrew. I wonder what's front of mind. A grand final team that sits outside the eighth, the state of footy in New South Wales, the treatment of a champion, COLA, warring former presidents. You've got a lot going on in your world <laughs> right now.
0: Well, I've still got time to talk to you. So, no, there's, <laughs> plenty of, there's always stuff going on. There is. Does it feel fractious at the moment? Which, in terms of football, or off on field or on field, i certainly on field. You know, we're we're unfamiliar with this territory and not enjoying it. We don't enjoy losing, and and off field, you know, there's an enormous amount going on, absolutely enormous amount, and uh, it's uh, it, it, it's always the case. But uh, you know, there's a lot of change happening.
1: How, almost a week on from the events of last Sunday, where do you and the club feel things landed with Lance Franklin and the statements of yourselves, Collingwood and the AFL? Well,
0: I think everyone's handled it appropriately. I mean, it's, um, it, it is dangerous to, to overplay these things. And, uh, you know, we've we've moved on, I think, you know, I, I think and I'm quite hopeful and expecting that it was a, A one-off situation. Certainly, um, Lance is fine. The club's fine, and we appreciate um, Collingwood's statement. I just hope that uh, the fans generally uh, understand that it's uh, it's not it's not a great look, and it's not uh, appropriate to be booing anybody.
2: Andrew, it's Sam Edmund here. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Just, just on that statement. Obviously, the AFL released their statement, Collingwood as well. But your club statement sought to draw, uh, I guess, a link between the booing of Buddy and that directed uh, historically towards Adam Goods. Can you speak a bit to that paragraph in the statement?
0: I think the paragraph was it, it wasn't intending to um, to link the um, incidents that what occurred with with Adam. Um, specifically with um, with Lance, and I, I mean that in the sense of the motivations and the circumstances, because we see them as completely different. But the, the statement is really drawing attention to the fact that we have seen this before, um, where it gets out of hand, and uh, we don't want that to happen. That's really what it's referring to.
1: And is is Lance comfortable with where things are? Which is really the primary issue.
0: Lance is is very comfortable, and he's focus, he's genuinely just focusing on on his footy. I mean, he um, he's got uh, thick skin, and uh, he's you know he's he's fine.
1: What did you think of the the renewing of an old war of words between Richard Collis, your predecessor, and Eddie Maguire, the previous president of Collingwood?
0: Uh, I'm Switzerland. Be probably my <laughs> <best analogy. laughs> uh, look. You know, Boys will be boys. Uh, look, I, you know, I think we've moved on from, from that, and uh, uh, Richard's entitled to his opinions and, and, and Eddie his, and we're really focusing on, on what's here, here today in front of us. Do you have a, a current position on the
1: reintroduction of some form of cola, Andrew?
0: I think we have a position that it needs, it's something needs to happen. Um, what exactly the mechanism is, I don't know. I and mean, it's indisputable that the cost of living, to, you know, largely housing in, in Sydney is um, materially higher than anywhere else in the country. And, and clearly that's offset by the fact that Sydney is a, a fantastic place to live. And you know, I think anyone, any of our players and staff will tell you that I'm standing here at the SCG and it's a nice warm day. I've got my t-shirt on. Um, so, I think our position is that something needs to happen and there needs to be a mechanism that reflects the reality that it costs more to live here. Um, and, and I think that can also be tied into the fact that the game desperately needs greater promotion in New South Wales. I mean, you know, we, I have said we are going backwards and I mean that sincerely. We are going backwards. Um, so I think potentially there's a, there's a way in which we can, we can help our players and our staff, football staff, uh, with the cost of housing um, and also um, link that somehow to developing the game, you know, doing additional hours or whatever that might be in developing the game in, in uh, the state.
2: Andrew, if the AFL dropped the ball on football up there, if we can just cut to the chase uh, and you could rewind, should they have done more and should they have done it
0: better? Yes. The uh, short answer. Look, the, I, I think there's, there clearly needs to be a, a significant rethink um, in terms of what the approach is in in New South Wales. You you can't just... You can't be sitting in the Docklands um, really determining what's the right way into into this market. It's a very different market than uh, the rest of Australia, and we've been saying that, you know, for a long time. And I think it's incumbent on the AFL, and I'm confident that Andrew Dillon will do this, um, to work closely with us, and and we're certainly keen to to do that, and I'm sure the Giants are, um, to come up with a, a fresh approach where we can... Really and you know, tackle this market because uh, the Riverina, for example is going backwards, the ACT is going backwards um, and uh, and New South Wales, and a good example of that we you know with a you know pretty significant miss was last weekend where neither uh, the Giants nor the Sydney swans played in Sydney and, mm. and there was no NRL in, in New South Wales so there's a whole lot of things we've got to get better at.
1: do you have a blueprint for that, Andrew or is it a is it the formation of a, either a person or a, a group? To pick out what the priorities should be.
0: Yeah, well, there, there is a group um, just forming to, to to look at the issues. I think that the the two clubs, you know, we have a significant role to play because you know we live in the market and we know it. And it's ultimately, it's you know, it's largely the Sydney Swans brand that's going to help develop the game. So I think we've got to work together. Um, it's going to take more investment and you know, that. Message is let's let's work together and find a way to to do it and don't uh, um, impose sort of, um, Melbourne Melbourne centric views on on what will work and what won't work in New South Wales because it doesn't work doing it that way. So the plan is very much I think using the clubs as vehicles. Andrew, I think the the feedback or, or the biggest potential for scare for clubs down here is that this is often seen as a talent grab. The the the, the work into the Riverina and. Uh, the other parts of New South Wales are seen as another form of an academy or, or, or a talent grab. Can you ease our pain there? I can um, with facts. The, I mean, New South Wales has a third of Australia's population and it, 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 it's currently there are less than 5% of AFL players coming from New South Wales. Um, if you look at Sydney, Sydney is 20% of Australia's population, less than 1%, less than 1% of players comes from Sydney. So it's, it's not there's not a rich vein of, of talent and what, what is important the academies have been very important but, uh, as a development tool but also trying to develop um, local talent and it addresses so many things one for the game if, if you know when uh, the 19th team comes in, in in 28 you know we are going to have to find more players and I that's you know one of the concerns I've, I've had about having an additional team is, is talent. And New South Wales is the largest population base so anything we can do to to, to um, divert talent from rugby league rugby union soccer uh, basketball we should be doing how many kids you got playing AFL in, in New South Wales uh, I don't I don't know the number there's there's, there's a lot of kids playing um, but there's a, there's a big difference between participation statistics, um, and how many are actually playing in in senior com- going through to play in senior comps, and actually mm. um, have have the potential and the the talent to play at the elite level? The num the numbers are, are dwindling. They're dwindling, um, not like growing. Clubs. Is that what you're saying? They're growing. That's correct. Local clubs, you know, we have seen local clubs folding, a number of junior clubs um, emerging, um, and it, you know, previously our, our challenge was lack of facilities, which it still is, but mm. it's actually becoming lack of lack of players. There's, there's so much choice for kids. In New South Wales, there is everywhere, but it's not ingrained in their parents um, that AFL is a natural choice, and we have to, you know, we have to invest to change that.
1: On the Tasmanian side of things, Andrew, have you followed the past forty-eight hours and the political turmoil in that state around the the stadium and the license? I have. Does it does it concern you?
0: Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Um, it can it, it concerns me to the, to the extent that we you know. You know, I think it's well known that you know I, I consistently expressed um, questions around having a 19th team, not about Tasmania having a team, but a 19th team. The the, the business case for that, the finances, and also talent fixture, those sorts of things. Uh, but once the decision's made, it's been made that it's going to happen. I'm 100% behind it, and you know the important thing is that it has to be successful. And I think. There's been a lot of very painful lessons that have been learnt and continue to be learnt with the expansion to the Gold Coast and, and with the Giants. And we just cannot afford um, to, um, to repeat those mistakes. So um, it's very important that this now happens and, and we get it right.
1: Do you feel like this, this threatens either the capacity for it to be successful or to even happen?
0: I don't know if it threatens it. it, it certainly, it's certainly an issue to be, to be watched. I mean, political risk is real in, in, in Australia today in many areas of, of life. Um, and you, I think it would be naive to think that, that there aren't you know, some grey clouds and some concerns. But I, I, I'm optimistic that um, ultimately investment into the stadium in, in Hobart, I think it, it, will, it will generate economic benefit that's substantial. It will do a lot for the economy and employment. So I would hope that you know in you know in the debates that go on in the in the halls of parliament in Tasmania eventually uh, they see they see that and and uh, it happens. If you could choose one of,
1: COLA or the extra reach in terms of academy reach into the Riverina and those sorts of areas, which would you choose?
0: Well, the Riverina is already part of the academy for the, for yeah. the Giants, so. Thing. I'm not going to choose that. <laughs> but um, the, the extra reach around that area, you're talking about clubs folding and that and that sort of thing, clearly there, there would be a Swans Academy link to some of those 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 zones. Well, there there is a there is already an academy there, and it's the Giant. That's that's the Giant that's zone, nice. so they're yeah. responsible for, okay. for the Riverinas. So we're we're focusing on um, our zones, which which stretch from stretch from Wollongong to Newcastle. Um, look, I think I think the cost of living issue is a real one and. Apart from anything else, I think it's an issue of fairness. That um, you know, I, I run a I run a business that, that operates throughout Australia, and I can I can assure you that, that staff in in the Sydney office get paid more than staff in any other offices because it costs more to live here. It's very simple. And in a in a regulated environment with with um, soft caps and salary caps, um, we need to have a mechanism that reflects reflects this.
2: Andrew, I don't want to labour the point on Tasmania, but just when when it came to being satisfied, if you like, to having your concerns addressed. Now, I know you said you support it once a decision is made, but did the AFL have your, um, I guess, one hundred percent approval, your vote, if you like, before the sign off?
0: Uh, well, it wasn't a vote, as, as such, no, but, but I'm, I'm I'm support I'm supportive of a team in Tasmania. I still um, have reservations about a nineteenth team I, and and they haven't been satisfied but you know the decision's been made and I'm you know 100% behind it and the clubs 100% behind yeah. the team for Tasmania so that's that
2: yeah yeah and just in regards to cola just quickly a mechanism for it i mean obviously people say here that you know it's 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 used for recruitment and um you know historically it's been manipulated would there be a way to implement it do you think and i know it's a difficult question probably dance off the top of your head on the spot here, where it can come in and, and people can be satisfied that it actually is being used for its intended purpose?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that I understand that's the perception. It's not the reality. Mm. Um, so it's strongly refuted. It was manipulated. Um, cola is applied when it was under the, the regime. It was applied equally across all contracts um, and it was the, the AFL are a party of those contracts, so they had 100% visibility how it was used. There was no manipulation. Yeah, um, it's it's a bit it's a bit rich to um, with all of the disadvantages we go home factors, etc. When you when you're in a market such as New South Wales, that when a team starts winning, it's amazing how they've got all the, you know these advantages with collar or academies or whatever else. But when they're losing, it's fine. Um, you know, we we work in and operate in a very difficult market and. Um, but, but the cost of housing is a is a major. I mean, you can read it in the newspapers every day. You don't you don't need to just football for a football lens. It's a major issue, and we can sit and put our heads in the sand and pretend it's not there, which is easy to do if it doesn't affect you. You're sitting in Melbourne, but if you're living in in New South Wales, it, it's a daily challenge, and we have to address it.
1: Andrew, is there a, a significant level of club disenchantment with the AFL on a whole number of fronts, be it the commission vacancies, the soft cap, the CEO process? How, how would you depict the, the disenchantment?
0: Oh, look, I think there's, all, there's, always a, there's always an element of friction between clubs and, and the AFL. I think that's, that's, that's unavoidable. Um, as, uh, as I'm sure the commissioners will tell you, no-one barracks for the AFL, uh, and why would you? <laughs> um, but look, they've got a they've got a very very difficult job. I don't I don't underestimate that. Um, I think the clubs you know have been very strong in their views um, that the commission needs to have um, some some different skills on it than, than it currently has. Some additional skills, and that and particularly an understanding of um, cl- clubs and and that and football generally, football culture. Um, I know that. Uh, Richard Goiter has said that you know he, he can hear that. He's, you know, I'm I'm actually on the Noms committee for the Commission. Um, you know, he's clearly said he hears that. And it's important that that we do get some some fresh blood on the Commission, and I think football, given that is the business we're in, that's the skill base that we're 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 desperately lacking. Um, but it needs to be somebody also who doesn't just have football knowledge, but has I think real life commercial experience and and has the uh, the courage to you know to speak up. You know when, you know when it needs to when that needs to happen. So that that's something. But ultimately, um, I don't blame the commission. I don't blame the AFL. I blame the clubs because it's only the eighteen clubs that, that vote for the commissioners. So it's really in our hands. So
1: how soon? How what, What's practical, Andrew? And how soon that you could have that appointment to the commission that you speak of?
0: Well, I think it's it can happen at any time. That the. the Vacancies are, are there. Um, it can happen at any time. And I think that, you know, what I think the clubs would, would demand of the commission is that nobody is appointed um, would, um, prior to um, an election. Because Jared, I mean, you know, you're, you're probably almost a, a King's Counsel, aren't you? <laughs> you know the constitutional issues about appointing someone. They can be appointed um, um, intra-period uh, between... AGMs and then ratified at the AGM. So I think we'd certainly insist that whoever um, may be identified to go on the commission, Um, that doesn't happen unless they're they're voted on by the the clubs um, or at least there's there's substantial consultation. That should happen. I think now the CEO search is over, that should happen soon. Um, And the clubs, it's really up to the clubs to, you know, I think also identify candidates. Um, and then to act on it, um, we can't we can't just sit back and complain about the commission when um, we're the ones that vote them in. So we've, we've got to work together uh, to get people who can work collaboratively um, on, on a on a unified commission to to do the best things for the game.
2: If it was to be, Andrew, would Eddie Maguire get your vote? <laughs>
0: uh, would Eddie Maguire get my vote? Uh, I have to think about that. <laughs> Have to think about We've that. got a bit of time, Jerry. <laughs> I might. I'd phone a friend, but I'm on the phone. So <laughs> Very good. Switzerland, well played,
1: uh, Andrew. Thanks a lot for your time.
0: <laughs> All right, pleasure.